Hey everyone, Alex here with the Off The Cuff Podcast. I am back again to bring you guys a special new episode. I'm sorry that I've been gone. I've actually just been working on uh, getting a new day job and moving my schedule around so I have more time to do this podcast as well as my second podcast and my YouTube channels. Um, before I was working a night job... Um, like the night shift and it was like interfering with me making content making uh, like making podcasts and stuff like that it was just kind of hard and so with this new schedule comes you know some new free time that I'm gonna have to do stuff like this I really want to get back into the podcasting game podcasts are my favorite thing to do and I feel like I keep doing this like where I keep saying like ah I'm sorry I've been away, and then here I am, um, but here I am. <laughs> um, today we're gonna be doing today we're gonna be doing a little bit of a different episode. Typically, I just talk about specific films, <clears throat> or we talk about like like maybe we'll do like a list, like you know top ten of whatever. But today we're gonna be talking about. A filmmaker that has been rivaled in controversy for years and years and years. And he's still able to make movies to this day. Um, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. <clears throat> but we're going to be talking about Roman Polanski today. There's a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to be kind of going over his life Um different films that he's made that I've seen and uh yeah so what kind of got me started and what kind of got me interested in maybe talking about this is uh, his movie Carnage I think it came out in 2011 maybe um I could be wrong about that but uh he put out a movie called Carnage it stars John C. Riley, Kate Winslet um, and a few other people. The movie itself was okay. But what what got me thinking was the fact that this movie was put out. And it was released by Sony Pictures. Okay. Now in the age of where people. <clears throat> we're in this age where people. They, they are getting canceled left and right for tons of different things. Um, you know, there's James Charles, there's uh, Shane Dawson. I mean, those are just the beauty community and, and, you know, YouTube or whatever. But there's tons of people that are getting canceled for even just like small things. But then you have people like Roman Polanski who are who just get to like put out movies and, and, and stuff like that. And I can understand. Listen, I can understand if you are on YouTube and you put out an offensive video or you get rivaled in some kind of controversy outside of YouTube and then you get canceled for said activities and then you go on and you make a video and you put it out on your YouTube channel and you continue to do that like kind of like James Charles is doing where he's just putting out videos and he's just like oh I'm sorry and putting out a video or same with David Dobrik you know he gets canceled and then he puts out a, an apology video and then all of a sudden he's back to making regular videos back to making regular content and nobody cares about the actual real life you know criminal aspects of what they're doing 
and the things that they're getting canceled for. Now, I can understand that because they they own those properties. They own they own the YouTube channels. They own they own their content. They put out their content themselves on their own YouTube channels, okay? People like Roman Polanski, they don't do that. You know, Roman Polanski can put can make a video, can he can make movies all he wants, right? He can make movies and but he's not he's not putting out the movie on YouTube. He's not putting out the movie by himself or whatever. He is going out and getting these movies produced and funded by big corporations and they're still putting it out for thousands and thousands and millions of people to watch. And that's where this conversation kind of came in because I was watching that movie Carnage and then um you know, I was watching with Ashley and I and I I said to Ashley, I was like, hey, like, why, why does he get to just put out movies and, you know, Sony picks it up like it's nothing like Sony's just like, yep, I'm just going to put out, you know, his his newest movie when he's supposed to be canceled. He literally fled to another country. um, So he couldn't get arrested. So let let's kind of let's kind of dive into this a little bit so roman polanski was born in august 1933 he he is a polish friend he has polish and french ancestry um he was born in paris france um and he has citizen citizenship in poland and france He uh, he was born into a family of Polish Jewish Polish Jewish descent, and he was living in Krakow in 1937 when um, Nazi Germany decided to invade uh, the country, and his family got trapped in the Krakow ghetto, which is one of the most famous uh, ghettos of the Holocaust. Uh, I say famous, but like, it's not like, I'm not trying to like glamorize that or romanticize that. I'm trying to say that like, it's one of like the main ones that people talk about, uh, in history. And, um, he survived, he survived the Holocaust, but he ended up in foster homes and, and his mom and dad were taken. They were taken in the Holocaust. And then he spent the rest of his years being adopted and and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he lived, he was living his life. He ended up putting out, um, you know, he ended up putting out movies and and doing a bunch of different things, especially in the sixties. I believe his first film came out in 1962 and it was called knife in the water. Um, it was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Lang- Language Film. He then went on to direct one of his most famous films called Rosemary's Baby. This is a horror film that kind of spawned a lot of other horror films. It's one of the um, one of the most talked about, one of the most revered horror films in all of horror film history, really. Um, everyone knows Rosemary's Baby. That came out in 1968. 
I think I'm actually I think I might actually rewatch that and do a throwback Thursday review on my YouTube channel if you guys want to subscribe over there. Uh, that's um off the cuff reviews on YouTube. If you if you guys subscribe to me already, great. If not, great. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the channel, and you guys can definitely see um, me talk about that. So that came out in 1968. Now in 1969, something happened. One of the most famous uh, killing sprees of all time happened, um, and. Of course, I'm talking about the Manson murders. And if you guys don't know about that, uh, Charles Manson brainwashed a group of people to go out and murder um, multiple people. Because he wanted to, and I don't even remember what his end goal was. I think his end goal was to start like a, like a race war or something. I don't even know anymore, honestly. But... In in this, you know, in this thing where they were going through and killing people, they ended up killing his then pregnant wife, Sharon Tate. Um, brutally murdering her, probably. And I've seen I've actually seen some of the pictures from this crime scene. It, and it's horrific. It's some of the most graphic stuff that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um. But, yeah, after that, um, he ended up going and making more movies, of course, just cranking them out. Um, one of his most famous movies that he put out was The Pianist um, with Adrian Brody. It's also a good, um, that, that's definitely a good one. I actually really enjoyed uh, The Pianist as well. Um, sorry about that. Um, so the pianist came out and I believe it won, I believe it won an award, uh, for best director. Um, he definitely won all other awards as well, such as golden globes, BAFTAs, uh, things like that. So then he got wrapped up in something where he had to flee the country. So he was arrested and he was being sentenced for unlawfully having sexual intercourse with a minor. He ended up leaving. He ended up leaving uh, the country. He fled the country in 77. He fled to another country. He fled to, I believe, what, did he go back to France? Um either way it doesn't really matter he fled the country he's not in america anymore and he hasn't been sentenced now that's all well and good okay cool he he fled the country but he's still putting out movies that are being picked up by and distributed by american production companies ones that you know where thousands and millions of people are going to be able to see these these movies and I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm against that because I'm not. I'm really not against, um, you know, whatever. Like, if people want to watch the movie, go go ahead, right? But I just wanted to bring it up and, and have it be like a talking point 
and just kind of touch on this because, you know, I feel like, you know, I feel like in this age that we're in, a lot of people are getting canceled for things and they're just making a video and they're saying, oh, I'm sorry. And then getting to go on with their lives, you know, like those people that I mentioned earlier, they literally put out a video that said, I'm sorry. And then they get to just go on with their life. And there's no legal repercussions. There's no repercussions at all for anything. They're just there, existing and and continuing to put out content. Um, And I think it's up to the individual person, every individual person. If they want to consume that content, then go ahead. If not, then okay, good. Um... And I'm not here to say what's right and what's wrong, but I just wanted to bring that up because I kind of thought it was interesting that, you know, people, people cancel, like he's canceled, obviously, right? He literally had to flee the country or else he would have been arrested for having sex with a minor. So, um, with that said, he hasn't been arrested, so he's putting out movies, but if we're going to sit here and hold him accountable for that then why are we not holding the actors accountable? Why are we for working with him? Why are we not holding the production crews accountable? Why are we not holding the production companies accountable? You know, these million dollar corporations, billion dollar corporations that are producing these movies, like Sony Pictures, for example, putting out a movie recently from Roman Polanski. I think that there's... I think that there's something there that could be explored to be, you know, it deserves to be talked about, you know, and I, I, I would, I, I kind of wish that had somebody like a, like a guest host or somebody or somebody that could, um, maybe there's like another host on the show where I could talk and, and get other people's opinions and other people's ideas about this. Um, and if anyone is interested in talking about that or coming on my show, uh, let me know. We can talk about anything, really, but if you guys wanted to talk about this, just let me know. If you guys have any feelings about that, yeah, just, you know, I want to hear, I want to hear what you guys have to say. Like, what do you guys think about this? Should we cancel him and should we make it, should we boycott these, these production companies that are putting out his movies still? Like, should we? Because, you know, it's not really okay of what, what he's doing. Realistically, I mean... Um, yeah, I don't know, (laughs) but I, I really just wanted to kind of bring that up and bring it to people's attention so they can talk about that for a little bit. Um, so let me get into uh, another section of this podcast that I like to do. Um, we'll do, we'll do a, we watched segment this, this, uh, this episode. So I actually talked, so I actually just put out, um, I, I, I didn't put out the video yet, but I just recorded a video for my, uh, what I watched in March and some of the films that I watched in there, I talked about this cause carnage was on there. Um, the one from Roman Polanski, but there's a couple of other ones that were pretty interesting. Uh, one that I actually just watched the other day, which is, you know, I'm recording this on April 7th and I just watched one yesterday and the one that I watched yesterday, um, 
It's called White Boy. It's a documentary. It's a documentary. Um, it's on Netflix. This came out in 2017. And it's about um, White Boy Rick. And if you guys have never heard of White Boy Rick, let me kind of give a little bit of a backstory on this guy. So back in Detroit in the 80s, um, there were there was a huge drug problem. Uh, there's a there's a very huge drug problem. Um, now, there's a lot of things that we could touch on with this story. Um, I'm gonna try to keep it a little a little bit light. I'm not gonna try to go too far too hard into this, but we'll see. We'll see how it gets. So. I was a little bit annoyed with this documentary and mainly because of the fact that this is this is a story that this this story that they're telling I, I kind of understand like the appeal I do understand the appeal it's it's an interesting story and I do feel for the guy um, because basically what happened was he was selling drugs and then he became an informant for the FBI and he was wrapped up in these drug gangs and became a prominent member in these drug gangs. And then uh, I guess he pissed somebody off in. Oh, he 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 ratted somebody out that was like a politician and then they went after him and had him locked up until literally last year, uh, all the way up until last year, he was in jail from the 80s until last year 2020 <clears throat> so i wanted to kind of touch on this for a second because the, the the story here isn't the fact that white boy rick was you know being put down by the system and this and that there's there's a real a real story a real horrific thing going on that they kind of touched on in the film but not really because of whatever reason, but I feel like it needs to be addressed. Here's the thing. So the government as along with the police have been systemically pushing black people into poverty and this is pretty evident in this movie um you can see it like firsthand with the with the clips that they show but here's why like i kind of got a little mad and a little annoyed with this with this documentary it's because they focused on this white man and they made him basically a martyr for the drug problem and this actual story so what was actually this is what was actually going on so there was this fake thing that they called the war on drugs which was an excuse to slaughter and black people in the middle of the street and arrest them and put them in jail for the rest of their lives and not only black people but all minorities really because when you look at when you look at the facts here first of all a lot of the drugs that were hitting the streets were in were coming from and were were pretty much like the the US government was literally experimenting with drugs like this like they they were experimenting with not just psychedelics but other types of drugs and they were 
or giving them to unwilling participants, mainly black people, by the way. So that was that's that's an actual thing that they were doing. That was back in like the 70s. Okay. So flash forward to the 80s. Now there's a huge drug problem and people are, you know, becoming like kingpins and 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 running the streets and there's a lot of violence and stuff. But they were the the, the government gets off on this type of shit. The, the, this isn't an dude, if they had if they if if they cared about their communities, they would pump money into the economy there and they would help rebuild these these communities instead of having fascist police officers go and break down doors and arrest people and kill people for for drug related offenses okay <clears throat> yeah white boy rick was sent to jail and he was in jail on a on a life charge for selling drugs <clears throat> and that's not okay but it's not but like here's the thing like they said in the movie multiple times, it was pri- predominantly black people who were getting arrested, who are doing these crimes. It's predominantly black people, and it still is. And it's not, and that has to do with the systemic racial problem that we have in America. That, ha- that has nothing to do with like the actual race. Like it has to do with the fact that they are ruining these communities. So they can get more money by putting people in jail. Um, you know, and all of the racist people, like the actual, like the really racist people get to go out, get to become police officers and get a badge and a gun and get to go slaughter people in the middle of the street, which we are still seeing to this day. And that pisses me off that they decided to kind of focus on this white man and use him as a martyr for the story because the story is about how the government has been systemically pushing black people into poverty and will not help them. And they make up this fake war on drugs so they can put more people in jail and for their life and or and or kill them. And it's like they could have used like any other person, like any other person to tell the story. And it probably would have been even crazier than what this guy's story is. Oh, yeah, he he. He caught, oh man, he was a confidential informant for the FBI, but then he caught some government guy doing something bad and then he got arrested. Like, dude, okay, I honestly, quite frankly, I didn't really care for the story. I didn't really care that much. <clears throat> the documentary was okay. But the thing is, is like, a lot of people, like people in my comment section on Letterboxd were saying like, yeah, well, he was this drug kingpin and he literally wasn't. If you literally watch the documentary like you claim you did, like you claim you did, he literally wasn't a drug kingpin. He has claimed he has claimed he never was since day one. And even Chris Hansen, who did the original story on him back in the 80s, literally in this in this documentary, literally admitted to fabricating the story for like clicks and shit. Like he literally said that. Well, he didn't he didn't come out and say, "Yeah, I did the, I did I fabricated the story." No, he literally said, "Did I dramatize some of the events so it would make it more interesting?" Yeah. Like, yeah, that means he fucking lied. 
and this guy got arrested and because he lied because chris hansen fucking lied and they just like let him say this on the documentary he lied this kid literally went to jail and then the media kept him in jail because the media after that was like this guy's a drug kingpin he's a murderer he's a serial murderer and a drug kingpin and like he's literally like never even murdered anybody and he was like a low-level drug dealer that was just like dealing crack but my point is is the fact that the government here first of all they invented that crack problem there was no crack problem until they started this war on drugs by the way not to make it even more political but guess who guess who was championing championing the bill the war of drugs bill like the bill to to crack down on the war of drugs and drugs and and drug paraphernalia and putting people away for life and killing them guess who guess who guess who Oh, yeah, that's right. Your president, Joe fucking Biden. Yeah, go look it up. He literally was the one who was pushing that bill out to the public because that's what he wanted. Um, And I know that he claims that he's like he literally claims that he's like reformed from that now and like. He's like moved on from his life like and he's he he's like his his politics are completely different or whatever. And what that's fine. He sounds like, you know, whatever I I, whatever. I have my own opinions on him. That's neither here nor there. But I just wanted to point that out that he was one of the people that were were pushing for that bill to crack down on people that were doing drugs, selling drugs, stuff like that. And the problem and that led that has led to all of the economic and social and racial problems that we have in America right then and there. That was the problem. There was no war on drugs. It's been a facade from the beginning. It still is a facade that there it was a war on black people. That's what they really meant. And that's what they continue to do. Um. And and here in here here's a perfect example. I'm going to give you guys a perfect example of of how I can equate this to 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 now to now to to this day. I know I know there's going to be a lot of people listening that don't agree. I don't care. Um, so, George, oh, we're going to talk about George Floyd for a second. So George Floyd was killed by J- Derek Chauvin in the middle of the street because. He was trying to use a fake $20 bill, okay? He tried to use a fake $20 bill. The cashier told the boss. The boss called the police. The police came. Maybe George Floyd resisted at first. I don't know. I didn't. I honestly couldn't even watch the video or any of the videos because they were just, like, too sad, too horrific. I, so I never watched the videos. But what I do know from the facts and everything that people are saying is that this man, after he restrained George Floyd, kneeled on this man's neck for eight minutes. What is it? Eight minutes and 46 seconds? Yeah. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. Almost nine minutes. Imagine having somebody's full body weight on your neck for nine minutes. You literally die. Like, you literally die. So that's what happened. George Floyd died, okay? 
Now, it, I don't know if anyone has been following the trial of Derek Chauvin. I really haven't because, quite frankly, I'm just going to wait for them to fucking exonerate him and everything's going to – and everything's just going to be a fucking shit show and it's going to be riots everywhere because that's just how America is at this point and I'm just bracing myself for that. <clears throat> but what happened was during – but I did happen to catch um, – I did happen to catch a brief second of CNN because it was – broadcasting the Derek Chauvin trial and the Derek Chauvin trial was on the TV and I was at the gym. Okay. I wasn't listening to what the, I, I didn't, I wasn't listening to that. I had headphones in. I was doing my own thing, but I l- literally looked at the TV for one second and the literal fucking thing that I saw in the, f- oh, the, the thing that I saw on the screen, it literally made me so mad. I took a picture of it. I was so mad. The, the thing that CNN was focused on, they literally took a quote and it was a quote from his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend or whatever that said, we had a drug problem. And then that was, it was like, George Floyd's girlfriend says he had a drug problem. And like, that's what the prosecutor was grilling her about, I guess. And that's what she said, like crying, like hysterically. And then that's what CNN put as their fucking headline of the, And that's then they continued to talk about it. Um... And there you go. And there you fucking have it. That's what I mean. That's what they're focused on. That's what the, that's what they're that's what Derek Chauvin's defense is. Oh, well, he had a drug problem, which is completely unrelated. It, the, the whole killing of him had nothing to do with drugs at all. <clears throat> the killing had to do with the fact that Derek Chauvin's a fucking fascist racist motherfucker that fucking thinks that he could do whatever he wants. <clears throat> and he can't, okay? And I fucking hate police because, and this is the, the exact reason why I fucking hate police officers, because they they're like fucking, whatever. Anyway, so the the that that was the headline, right? It was about his drug problem, his past drug problem, that had nothing to do with the case or with his death, right? So yeah, he had a drug problem, cool. But like, did the drugs kneel on his neck for nine minutes? No, they didn't. No, they fucking didn't. It was Derek Chauvin who kneeled on his neck for nine fucking minutes, right? So they're continuing to folk. And that's what I mean. Even the media, even the left wing media, the left wing media is focusing on that, on his drug problem. The left wing media, the ones that are tolerant to drugs, the ones that are trying to put on this performative bullshit. But guess what? They clearly don't care. They clearly are trying to further this, this, um, this systemic issue. That's how high it goes up to CNN's like fucking headlines are about George Floyd's drug problem when that didn't even matter. That didn't has has nothing to do with the case. But that's what they've been focusing on. That's what they've been harping on. Do you want to know why? Because he's black. That's why. Because he's black and he had a drug problem. But guess what? Do you think that George Floyd would have had a drug problem? I mean, it's possible that George Floyd would have had a drug problem, but like, like regardless of his of his upbringing. But here's the thing: people that are pushed into poverty, the ones that are born into poverty, the ones that are born into a world where everything is stacked against them, and they they just have like shit luck in their life all the time. Especially when you know they're getting beat down, especially because they're fucking black. And like the world's like against black people, at least in America. Um, 
you know, when, when the chips are stacked against you, what else do you have to like escape this reality is fucking drugs. Right. So like, yeah, maybe he did drugs, but like, that doesn't matter. Right. Like people do drugs all the time and like that doesn't matter. And, and selling drugs doesn't matter. But like when you, when you're, you know, when, when we flash, when we do a flashback to the eighties, right. And when there was so, there was so much, there was so much crack cocaine going around. Like people were millionaires, like, like hundred millionaires, like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crack cocaine they were selling. Okay. Like these gangs. And the thing is, is when, when, you know, in the eighties, when they're selling these, these drugs, they're selling the drugs. And the reason why I'm saying that there's, there, the, it's a systemic problem from the government down like they're pushing this problem down is because these people don't have a chance at all. They don't have a chance to make money at all. They don't, they, there's no jobs. There's no opportunities. There's literally just poverty, homeless people fucking, they can't put food on their table. So how are they going to survive? How are they going to fucking survive? How are they going to help their kids survive? So guess what? Guess what they did? They turned to selling drugs. That's what they did. So then, you know, they were just selling all different types of drugs. And all of a sudden, crack cocaine started becoming easy and easier to make. And so people started fucking putting that shit out because it was like, you know, that was like the way to go for drugs and stuff. So you made a lot of money and that's what happened. So people were like, yeah, I want to start selling drugs. And that's what fucking white boy Rick did. He was born into poverty as well. Same thing. Was hanging around these people. Yeah, he's white. But that's what I'm saying. It's like the one they're like, yeah, he's the only white guy that was selling drugs. And I'm like, or or whatever, only white guy in these big drunk gangs. And I'm like. And that's who you picked out to fucking make the movie about because you're not going to make them. They, they were literally like, you're not going to make a movie about the two brothers that were in the movie. They, they had two guys who were white boy Rick's friends who were the head of the gang. And they were making like hundreds of millions of dollars. And like, I feel like I would rather have the story be told about them. Make it more authentic. But of course, guess what they did? They picked the one white guy in the fucking gang. The one white guy. The one white guy. But these two brothers, guess what? They were in jail. They were in jail. They got arrested. So like that that's what I'm saying. Like that that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like what like why did they go out of their way to make a movie about a white man and use him as the martyr to tell this story that should be focused on the black people in the community? And it should be focused on these things that I'm telling you right now. The fact that there's a systemic problem and it's been around and it's still around. And it, it won't go away by you, by filmmakers making a movie by the one, about the one white guy in the entire gang selling drugs. You know? Because <laughs> that's not the fucking problem here. Okay? That's not like... <clears throat> I don't know that that kind of stuff just like got me heated. So of course I wrote like a five paragraph like fucking essay on Letterboxd about it because I was gonna do I was gonna do a whole review and put the review out, but I just I didn't feel like it honestly. Um, 
But now you guys can hear my full thoughts on it. My full unedited thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah. If you guys uh, have any other like suggestions for podcast episodes or anything like that, let me know. I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you guys are staying safe out there in the pandemic. Um, try not to have too much fun. There is still a pandemic going on. Um, but yeah, stay safe. And uh, I will see you guys on the flip side.